Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 112 Praise the Lord. Happy are those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in his commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. They rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They are gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with those who deal generously and lend, who conduct their affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. They will, never, they will be remembered forever. They are not afraid of evil tidings. Their hearts are firm, secure in the Lord. Their hearts are steady. They will not be afraid. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have distir- distributed freely. They have given to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn is exalted in honor. The wicked see it and are angry. They gnash their teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked comes to nothing. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 13 through 30. Suppose a man marries a woman, but after going into her, he dislikes her and makes up charges against her, slandering her by saying, I married this woman, but when I lay with her, I do not find evidence of her virginity. The father of the young woman and her mother shall then submit the evidence of the young woman's virginity to the elders of the city at the gate. The father of the young woman shall say to the elders, I gave my daughter in marriage to this man, but he dislikes her. Now he has made up charges against her, saying, I did not find evidence of your daughter's virginity. But here is the evidence of my daughter's virginity. Then they shall spread out the cloth before the elders of the town. The elders of that town shall take the man and punish him. They shall fine him one hundred shekels of silver which they shall give to the young woman's father, because she has slandered a virgin of Israel. She shall remain his wife. He shall not be permitted to divorce her as long as he lives. If, however, this charge is true, that evidence of the young woman's virginity was not found, then they shall bring the young woman out to the entrance of her father's house, and the men of her town shall stone her to death, because she committed a disgraceful act in Israel by prostituting herself in her father's house so you shall purge the evil from your midst. If a man is caught lying with the wife of another man, both of them shall die, the man who lay with the woman as well as the woman, so you shall purge the evil from Israel. If there is a young woman, a virgin already engaged to be married, and a man meets her in the town and lies with her, you shall bring both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death. The young woman, because she did not cry for help in the town, and the man, because he violated his neighbor's wife so you shall purge the evil from your midst. But if the man meets the engaged woman in the open country, and the man seizes her and lies with her, then only the man who lay with her shall die. You shall do nothing to the young woman. The young woman has not committed an offense punishable by death, because this case is like that of someone who attacks and murders a neighbor. Since he found her in the open country, the engaged woman may have cried for help, but there was no one to rescue her. If a man meets a virgin who is not engaged, and seizes her and lies with her, 
and they are caught in the act. The man who lay with her shall give fifty shekels of silver to the young woman's father, and she shall become his wife. Because he violated her, he shall not be permitted to divorce her as long as he lives. A man shall not marry his father's wife, thereby violating the father's rights. First <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 9. Now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is well for a man not to touch a woman. But because of the cases of sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the, the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a set time, to devote yourselves to prayer, and then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. This I say by way of concession, not of command. I wish that all were as myself am, but each has a particular gift from God, one having one kind and another a different kind. To the unmarried and widows, I say that it is well for them to remain unmarried as I am. But if they are not practicing self-control, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to be aflame with passion. Good morning and welcome to the 18th Tuesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 112, Deuteronomy 22, and 1 Corinthians 7. And it's an interesting passage because of its historic uh, context. Um, Too often in um, evangelical circles, people who really get interested in the Bible, um, maybe to a a surprising degree, you know, kind of interest in the words as they appear rather than the the words as they were written. Um, and I, what I mean by that is that there's a whole lot of meaning behind this that wasn't that is no longer applicable, uh, not because morals have changed, but because historical context has changed, because humans are captive to time. Um, at the heart of it. Uh, is or well, at the surface, both of these passages from the Old Testament and New Testament, not the Psalm, uh, are about sexual promiscuity or immorality, um, and that was what we know now was not known at the time, and what was written then was not written for people two thousand, three thousand years later. Um, at the heart of it is not actually sexual immorality. It's about immorality, period. And that's why after three or four of these examples that are given, the text says, so you shall purge the evil from your midst. Um, and on the one hand, I think sexual immorality stuff is interesting. Um, but we shouldn't, I think this is a, uh, an important opportunity to think about uh, immorality and where else it has occurred and what it has to do with the military. Remember the Battle of Jericho when they were told at the beginning of a long, drawn out military campaign to take the land that was promised to them through the first five books of the Bible. In Joshua, they 
They do this liturgical parade, the walls fall, they kill everybody inside just as God commanded. But there is one thing that God commanded not to be done that was done. Uh, Achan uh, steals pieces of gold and silver from Jericho, and he hides it in his tent. And by doing so, he has polluted the entire community, such that, just like some of the punishments mentioned this morning, uh, he and his entire family are stoned to death. So um, that story is important because of that, that repeated line this morning, purge the evil from your midst. What Akan did was he polluted all of Israel. One person violated the ROE, the rules of engagement, and everybody was affected. And in order to undo that effect, they had to stone him and his family. In the Hebrew, it's, it's a, a verb followed by a noun, haram harem, and that means devote, uh, to devote the things to destruction which are devoted to destruction. Um, to be haram harem um, means to be destroyed and sacrificed to the Lord um, and in this case and in other cases, it is because some kind of immorality has polluted and corrupted the community. And so the, the passages this morning about sexual immorality, one specific form of immorality among dozens probably, um, we are attentive to these because sex sells, right? We were fascinated um, we are attracted to stories of sex and drama and, you know, all this other stuff. And so, but we make the mistake of attributing to sex some special status, some special moral status. Um, you know, we talk a lot about sex workers and we talk a lot about, like, killing in war as though adultery or, or um, uh, you know, defrauding people or or being greedy and, and cheating people out of money as though those are not not as bad. You know, the the I hate the fucking distinction between white collar crime and blue collar crime. As though assault is somehow worse than stealing someone's life savings by swindling them, right? I actually think economic crimes are worse because they can deprive a family of their likely of their livelihood um, and sexual sins might deprive someone of their their you know their self respect or their their status in the community or something that isn't to say they're not both wrong, but that's the point they're both wrong, even if we talk a lot about sexuality and sexual sins and not so much about economic sins and and I, I mean that in like the deep <clears throat> etymological sense uh economic comes from oikos, which means household. It's about family. It's about the ecosystem, again, oikos, of human relationships. And sex, because we love it, we think about it, we talk about it, and we make it taboo. Um, but the, the contemporary superficial understanding of economics, like money and wealth and status and um, you know, buying power, that, because it's so routine... And boring, we think somehow those crimes are not as bad, but or, or not as 
attention worthy. Um, and so <clears throat> there are really important um, scholarly and, and regular books about how different the context was uh, and why these are outdated and they weren't meant for us. And, um, you know, even, even Paul says, look, I'm not doing this as a command so much as I am like a concession. You know, I don't know enough. You know, he's, he says, I wish everybody were like I am. I'm celibate and single. I'm a missionary and all this other stuff, but to each his own. We all have different gifts. I don't know for sure, but, you know, I'm, I'm saying this from a concession. Um, you know, if, you know, it's better to marry than to burn with lust. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, the, it's, it's better to not sleep around than it is to sleep around, but like there's more going on there. Um, even in the examples we give, I think it's <clears throat> important to point out um, that, e- that virginity is fetishized in our own culture and also I think many ancient cultures. Um, even though it's, you know, so interesting to talk about. We talk about sex in Virginia a lot, with the purity culture and everything. But the first example that's given assumes that the woman is innocent. Um, you, know, it, it, you know, the hashtag, I believe women, right, comes to mind. This is an ancient concept. Israel is a radically equitable society, even though it is still trapped in time, um, in a time that women m- could be seen as property, in Israel there was still the seeds of this radically um, equitable and one might even say progressive um, culture. <clears throat> um, you know, on the one hand, a woman could be culpable for not crying out for help, um, and on the other hand, that same rationale would protect her if she were to be raped in the middle of the wilderness you know nobody would hear her, so it's not her fault that she didn't you know cause this thing that she wasn't doing to stop <clears throat> um but i think the if we talk about sex and these passages at least the old testament passage which is longer we're missing the point we're talking about the symptom and not the disease the disease is evil um, and that manifests sexually, it manifests in violence, um, it manifests in economics and wealth. <clears throat> but we talk about sex so much more because, you know, it's that it's the forbidden fruit. Like we tell ourselves, you know, the purity culture for men or for women, you know, is different from men. But like, of course, of course, we talk about sex. Um, and in you know in soldiers and veteran circles, like of course we talk about killing and war. We don't talk about these other, you know, extortion in churches. We don't talk about um, how we're forgetting the poor. We talk about how many veterans we have, and how sorry we are that they're all war torn and and damaged goods. We talk about some people's sins, but we don't talk about how all these sins are are um, connected. And how they all pollute our community. That it's about evil and how we let evil into our community. Not just through sex, but also through greed, uh, envy, jealousy, lust. Um, I mean, I'm kind of a classicist. Like these classic sins, these classic vices 
they come in so many different forms. Um, but we, we talk so much about the ones we want to talk about uh, without talking about the root cause. Um, it's about the evil that needs to be purged from our midst. And that evil comes through a, any door it can, not just through sex. Um, but that we, you know, it's, it's a pretty close parallel to this, you know, the experience in um, Canaan as they're taking the promised land. Um, and that, yeah, the, this passage in Deuteronomy 22 is about sex, but just two chapters earlier talks about violence and, and how we restrain ourselves from the evil of thinking uh, that our enemies are not human or that we are better just because we're us. Um, it would do us all well um, to expand how we think about these things outside their little symptomatic superficial issues and how they really connect to uh, evil and how it finds ways into our communities. A Prayer for Overcoming My Intolerance from my prayer book published by Concordia in 1957. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you know that I love you. I pray you in the name of Jesus Christ to make me understand that if I love you, I must also love my neighbor. The world around me is often indifferent toward the poor and prejudiced against those of another race or color. Banish from my heart all thoughts of pride and prejudice and implant in me the spirit of tolerance and goodwill to all. Help me to be more than merely tolerant. Help me to love those who are in need of my love, no matter who they may be. Keep me aware that you have created them all of one blood to dwell on the face of the earth, and that you have sent, 30, your, you have sent your only begotten Son in the world, that whoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Forbid that I should ever be an intolerant word or deed, offend anyone you have loved or for whom your Son, our Savior, has died. Teach me by your Holy Spirit to be more like you in every passing day, also in loving my neighbor of another race or color. Cause a spirit of humility and tolerance to increase among mankind, that all may live together in this world in peace and goodwill. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.